Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the Common English Bible. Our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 20. Hear the Lord's word, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to our God's teaching, people of Gomorrah. What should I think about all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I'm fed up with entirely burned offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I don't want the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from you, this trampling of my temple's courts? Stop bringing worthless offerings. Your incense repulses me. New moon, Sabbath, and the calling of an assembly, I can't stand wickedness with celebration. I hate your new moons and your festivals. They become a burden that I'm tired of bearing. When you extend your hands, I'll hide my eyes from you. When you pray for a long time, I won't listen. Your hands are stained with blood. Wash. Be clean. Remove your ugly deeds from my sight. Put an end to such evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now and let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. If they are red as crimson, they will become like wool. If you agree and obey, you will eat the best food of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. The Lord has said this. Our next reading is from Ephesians Chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. So I'm telling you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. You shouldn't live your life like the Gentiles anymore. They base their lives on pointless thinking. And they are in the dark in their reasoning. They are disconnected from God's life because they're ignorant and they're closed hearts. They are people who lack all sense of right and wrong and who have turned themselves over, doing whatever feels good and practicing every sort of corruption, along with greed. But you didn't learn that sort of thing from Christ. Since you really listened to him and you were taught how the truth is in Jesus, change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit and clothe yourself with the new person created according to God's image, in justice and true holiness. Our final reading is from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Jesus was telling them a parable about their need to pray continuously and not to be discouraged. He said, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him asking, Give me justice in this case against my adversary. For a while, he refused, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or respect people, but I will give this widow justice because she keeps bothering me. 
Otherwise, there'll be no end to her coming here and embarrassing me. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Won't God provide justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will give them just as quickly. But when the human one comes, will he find faithfulness on earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We continue our look at means of grace, and this week we turn to one that's a little trickier. And I don't say that the concept is difficult. I say it because it's not as forthcoming as our prior messages. We've talked about prayer and fasting and study as ways that we open ourselves up to God, getting to know God and getting to know God's purpose. Today's is a little more about living that purpose. And it's helping to put those things in action that we've been discussing. And this is having a thirst for justice. We see it laid out in our readings for today. In Isaiah, we hear about not wanting offerings, not wanting sacrifices, not wanting hollow actions to show that we understand God's will. Not simply show up, say, here I am, here God, here's your gift. I'm going to go back to doing whatever it was I was doing before. No. We have to live our experience of God. We have to live in a relationship with him by doing his will. And one of the biggest ways that we can do that is by seeking justice. Putting an end to evil and learning to do good. And how do we seek justice? We help the oppressed, defend the orphan, and we plead for the widow. Now that might sound a little constraining. Isaiah binds those groups together. Because the poor and the powerless have little ability to change their situation because of where they are. They're vulnerable. They're weak. They're powerless compared to the forces that would be up against them. We help those that are going to struggle to be able to ever find help themselves. If you are in a situation where you can help, then you must help. Not a question of if, but you must. Because God strives for us to seek justice, to live in a just world, to build the kingdom of God here. That when we pray, we want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means we want God's justice with us here, with us now. 
that we aren't just idly sitting by, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for justice to come. That we seek to help those who are in need of help. Those who are living in unjust situations. That we may show them that we care. Because God cares. We care because God calls us to care. We see this in the call from Ephesians. Don't just sit around and think. Don't close your heart off to God, but change your life. Don't desire things simply to better yourself, but find a way to bring the Holy Spirit into your mind and into your life so that you may do good. Clothe yourself with the new person created according to God's image in justice and true holiness. Be the person who seeks the light and wants to shine the light in the darkness so that others may see. There are many ways we can do this. Our gospel reading helps us to deal with what may see sometimes like the futility of seeking justice in an unjust world. Sometimes, when we see an injustice, we say that's just the way it is. But our gospel reading reminds us that sometimes it just means trying over and over and over and over. We have the parable of the widow who keeps coming to the judge asking for justice. But she isn't seeking it from a man who is good, a man who fears God and who respects people. She's going to get justice from someone who doesn't care. Pretty big feet. But that's the trick, really. We can't always convince everyone that seeking justice is the right thing. You can't. It's not going to happen. But, if we are relentless in our pursuit, we can overcome and get people who would normally not want to help do the right thing through persistence. He decides to give the woman justice because he's tired of being bothered. Won't God provide justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Yes. That's the thing. We can't imagine that God is just hanging around going, well, we'll just see what happens. God wants us to make those changes. He wants us to be that change. He wants us to seek justice. He wants us to be people thirsting for justice and righteousness, wanting the world to be a better place. We see it in the way that people are described as following God. It's not the people who live a life that is blameless. We see David held up as an example of somebody who followed God. And David makes a lot, a lot of mistakes. The thing is that David always keeps in his heart that he needs to seek God and seek God's ways. And he seeks God for forgiveness when he messes up. We see God use people that we might otherwise write off. Moses delivers the people out of Egypt even though he had killed a man. Paul, who once persecuted Christians, 
becomes a voice for justice and Christ because he turns from the error of his ways to follow God and proclaim Christ as his Savior, and he seeks justice. God isn't seeking perfect people. God is seeking people who want to do better. God never says, since you made a mistake in your life, that now you're condemned to always be that mistake. And now you can no longer help anyone. Quite the opposite. If you have done something wrong to others and understand that and turn to Christ for forgiveness, you now have an experience that helps you to understand how easy it is for injustice to take place. And you become a stronger voice for justice because of that knowledge. If you're someone who has made a mistake, you can speak to God's saving grace because you know it and experienced it. You become a living example of God's mercy and God's love. We put into action all those things that we've been discussing. What is it we should pray for? When we talked about prayer, we talked about seeking God and helping others. By having God step into our lives to guide us and lead us that we would be in constant prayer so that we are in constant devotion so that we are constantly choosing to follow God. That when we fast, we fast so that we may focus in and build a closer relationship to God so that we may better understand God's purpose in our lives so that we may help others. That we study so that we may understand what God's will is and what Christ's role in our lives is so that we may better build our lives around that. And one of the biggest ways we can do all of those things is to build a world in which all may find justice. That we free ourselves from discrimination. That we free ourselves from ignorance. That we free ourselves from a world so ready to tell us lies that we want to hear. And we embrace the Christ that sought to get justice for all. That we see Christ on the cross, forgiving others, acknowledging the injustice, but showing a path to righteousness. As someone always willing to speak up for those who are downtrodden, for those who have been cast aside, for those that have been ignored, even for those who are outside the circle. Because Christ will always be pushing those boundaries. He pushes the boundaries in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives and in our world that we may understand that God's people are everywhere because God invites all who love him to follow him, that God invites all to be redeemed and that God invites us to break every yoke, to end every imprint of oppression, to give voice to the voiceless. To be the help that others need. Because in doing so, we also grow closer to God by conforming our lives to what it is God seeks. And that in doing so, we grow closer and we are given clarity. We are given hope in Christ that we may give hope. We find purpose in the Holy Spirit 
so that others may find purpose as well. That together we may strive to build a better world in God's image. A world of justice, not just for some, but for all. That all may have the opportunity to serve God freely. That all may have the opportunity to worship God freely. That all may have the opportunity to live a life where they are given a choice to accept God the Father in their lives. To welcome the Holy Spirit. To accept Christ as their Savior. That all are given a chance to thrive, to live, to succeed. Because that's the opportunity that Christ has given to us. So I say to you, what path will you choose? How will you seek God in your life? How do you bring justice to others? It needs to be in all that we are, in all that we do. Our prayers need to be more than just telling God, I need this, but instead, God, help me to make the world a better place. Our fast shouldn't be something that we just do to better ourselves so that we may better the world in God's image. Our study should be so that we have a greater understanding of God so that we may live a life that we are the ones persistently seeking justice in the face of adversity. That we may seek change in a world that we think we may not be able to change. But through God, all things are possible. There is no change that is too great to overcome. There is no adversity that is too big that God cannot triumph over it. The God that is revealed to us is the God that cares. God opens the door because we see it in the life of the Christ who loves us who felt that the greatest love one could give was to lay down his life for his friends. The Christ who asks us to love our neighbor as ourselves. That if we accept injustice for our neighbor, we accept injustice for ourselves. That if we cannot love our neighbor to the point that we want them to have the same freedom, the same love, the same mercy, the same grace, same justice that we have, then we don't want it for ourselves. That we can't truly ask God to be that presence in our lives if we don't want him to be that presence in the lives of others. So have a thirst for justice. Have that sense that if all are not free, then the work is not done. Know that you are an instrument of God's love and grace and mercy, that you are a deliverer of hope, transformed in Christ's love and mercy, given his hope.
be the change that you want to see in the world. And it will change you. And God will help you make that change. That we join together to do so because many voices are louder than one. But even if you have to be the lone voice crying out in the wilderness, make a path for the Lord. That's what we do. Because we act as a call to others. So seek justice and all that you are and all that you do so that you may embrace God and that through the means of grace you may grow in a closer relationship with the Father who loves you, with the Son who saves you, and the Holy Spirit that guides you. Amen.